the stories of entrepreneurs and how they overcame the struggles and challenges to get where they are today. This is Believe in the Entrepreneur with Joel Sandoval, CPA. Welcome to another episode of Believe in the Entrepreneur, and I'm super excited because I have Jesse Valencia in the house, who is one of the top bankers here in Kern County who assists medium-sized businesses in growing, saving money, and becoming more efficient through innovative, customized banking products. So, Jesse, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Awesome. First podcast appearance, and uh, Brian's doing a good job. Reminds me of a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, Jesse, for those that don't know you, you know, obviously, um, why don't we take it back to how you got into banking? What made you even interested in this career? Uh, that's a good question, man. You know, I, uh, I kind of just fell into it. You know, I kind of just, you know, thinking about it, kind of just fall into a lot of things growing up. But mm -hmm. yeah, I just fell into it. I was, uh, I was uh, high school, graduating high school. I always knew I was going to go to college. I don't know where. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that was going to happen. But it wasn't necessarily kind of... Um, you know, I have buddies who always think, well, you know, college is such a big step. And, but for me, it was just kind of like the next step. To right. Do. It was always implanted in our head by my parents that, that that's something that we're going to do. So just went to college and I was going to college. I needed to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So last two years, I started working at uh, a retail bank that was called Current Schools. It's now Valley, Valley Strong, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So for the last two years, I was working full time and then going to school at night full time. And as soon as I graduated, I think graduated, I was mentioning to you in 2006. And the week after I graduated, got hired onto a local community bank. Yeah. Nice. So, um, you know, similar to, to my story, um, you know, I kind of knew that college was the next step, but I didn't really know actually what I wanted to be even like after high school. Um, it, to me, I had an eye opening experience where, I actually graduated in like around 2005. So mm. I actually was going to get into real estate. Um, graduated high school in five or? 2005 is when I graduated oh, okay. high school. All right. But I was, my both my parents are in real estate. Mm -hmm. So I was actually going to do the same thing as they were doing because they were doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. And, but that was during the whole housing crash. Mm -hmm. So it was terrible timing. And I actually met the CPA who worked for the title company mm -hmm. um, that I was working for at the time. And she basically said, hey, regardless of the fact that we're in a recession, I've got a stable and secure job. And so I kind of asked, you know, how, you, how, how do you even become a CPA? I don't even know what a CPA was. Mm -hmm. And so after I did some research and some due diligence, decided to go to school for that. So for you, Jesse, I mean, did you have, you said that you fell into it. So mm. when you were going to school, like, what were you going to school for? Did you have clarity yet or was it? No. Okay. Yeah, not at all. Like I said, it, everything just kind of happened, right? Uh, uh, and that, that, yeah, that's kind of how my life went uh, growing up. But, I mean, I was going to school. I hadn't even picked a major. Mm. You know, I was taking my, uh, I was just taking all my prerequisite classes. And at the time, I was working on campus, so they allowed me to pick classes first, which was great. Uh, however, when it came down to choosing a major, I had already exhausted all the prerequisite classes and I hadn't even picked a major, didn't have a counselor. So it was, it was, it was a little mess for a while there. They're, they're saying, how, how are you even getting through college without having someone direct you where to go? Right. Yeah. So, so I, I, you know, my mom uh, growing up, she always had these little businesses. Mm. So uh, I just chose business. Yeah. Gotcha. And the rest was his, history. Yeah. As soon as I chose business, I was like, well, I guess I should know something about money and then uh, apply to the bank. 
Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So did you start off? Because um, I mean, obviously, you're pretty up in the height, you know, in the career chain. Um, you've kind of climbed the corporate ladder. But um, I'm sure you didn't start off that way, especially as a you know young college kid. So, you know, how did you, you know, how did you get where you're at right now? Um, you know, I mean, it's a good question. For instance, you know, are you Hispanic? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Your parents Mexico. Uh, correct. Yes. Yeah. So same here. And I'm sure there's a lot of similarities in, in how we grew up or or what we've seen our parents go through and and. Uh, it was always hard work, right? right? You just put your head down and you work, work, work. You get out of a situation, um, and the only solution you'd have is really just working out of it. So, mm-hmm. I think that's how I did it. You know, I just, I just worked. I was curious. I was always asking questions, and um, I played tons of sports. So, I think that's kind of like a competitive thing for me, right? You know, you you, you go into something and you want to be the best, so you start taking your classes, you start reading books, you start talking to people. Or, or doing what you want to do and, and seeing if they can help you get there. And what do they know that you don't know? And, you know, how do you just continue to get better? Yeah. It's different now. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't say um, I, I, I still have that, but it's not necessarily something that moves me as much as it moved me when I was younger. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. That's pretty, yeah. I, I have that same, same kind of similarity where, you know, when you're just starting off your career, like for me, I grew up playing a lot of sports as well. Mm-hmm. particularly baseball was my sport. Yep. Um, and so I really enjoyed the, you know, the competitiveness of it, but also sp- baseball specifically, there's some, you know, analytical, mm-hmm. you know, you, if someone's running the third, you got to keep your eye on, you know, the runner, mm-hmm. but you still got to throw the guy out at first. Yeah. So there's some like, you know, mind, mind game as well. That you got to play. Yeah. And so I really enjoyed that. And then obviously trying to win the game. Um, and I think that's where my competitiveness kind of comes in. And I think that kind of what helps us get to that next level. Cause we're just trying to be, like you said, the best mm-hmm. in what we're doing. And then, you know, our parents being, you know, the hard workers that they are, it also kind of instilled in us as, as we're young. Mm-hmm. So, um, when you apply for banking, obviously, you know, this is something new. Um, so besides, you know, hard work and also trying to become the best at what you do, I mean, is there also, did you like come across those opportunities just because of your work ethic alone or was there anything else as well that can people yeah. saw? No, you, you know, I, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, th- I think it's just, it's just kind of a frame, you know, a frame of mind. So, so, you know, let's, let's say we back up, right? So growing up, I grew up in this little town, uh, it's called Lamont. I don't know if you, yeah. you know where it's at. Yeah. So Lamont, predominantly Mexican, probably 90 time growing up was like 99 98% oh wow right yeah pretty significant it's probably the same similar makeup you know maybe 90% now 10% other mm-hmm. um farm working you know my parents were always working my mom had like two jobs she had a little store on main street that mm. she sold from um I played tons of sports but they never went to them because they were always working right now that's that uh, yeah so they so they never went out uh, you know they were always working I was always a sports found a way to get there um Everyone was poor, but you don't, you don't feel like you're poor, right? right? Everyone's poor. Um, you're not necessarily traveling. You're not necessarily taking vacations. You're not necessarily buying new clothes. None of that. Right. Right. But when you're in there, you don't feel like you're missing anything. Right. Right. Your, your mind isn't like, uh, at least for me, right. It wasn't focused on what I didn't have. I was just focused on just there, you know? Right. So I felt lucky, you know, I felt lucky that my house was two blocks away from the park and, mm. and I could just walk there. 
and mm. be there at every game. You know, I felt lucky that uh, all my other buddies didn't say anything about how I looked or what I dressed. I mean, they were ju- they looked exactly like I did. You know, there was no difference, right? So right. I think I think that frame of mind going into different situations was very helpful, right? You 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 never it never felt daunting. It just kind of felt like, oh, here we are, right? Know? Like this this guy next to me doesn't want to make ten phone calls. Okay. Yeah, I'll make 20 phone calls. It's not a big deal, right? It's just right. kind of, I don't know how to explain it. It just kind of, it just kind of happens and then you just flow with it, right? Right. So I, I would say that was important. Uh, that probably helped me kind of having that frame of mind, like nothing was impossible or hard. It just kind of was. And, you know, you just go through the process, whatever that process is, not necessarily focused on, you know, whether it was hard or what the result was going to be or whether I was going to fail or whether I was going to succeed. It was just kind of like, okay, well, no, you know, what's the next step? Right. Yeah. I think that's super important, like focusing on the process as opposed to the result, because if you fall in love with the process, you'll get the result, but you have to focus on what, you know, what's the next step. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. And that's tough, right? I mean, s- sometimes that, that process that you, it seems hard to see if there's an end to it. Right. And mm-hmm. sometimes you don't like the process, but you still have to do it. Right. You have to find something that's pushing you to, to do it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think you kind of hit it on the head there because sometimes the part of the process is like the most difficult things you know the reason that you made those 20 calls maybe the other one didn't want to do it is because he probably didn't want he was uncomfortable Mm -hmm. you know making those 20 calls he probably was out of his comfort zone where for you you know you kind of knew that was the next step so i guess the question for me is like if when when you come across something that you don't want to do what's your mindset as to why you know you're gonna i'm gonna do it anyway uh good question so i i don't do a lot of things i don't want to do Right. So uh, uh, before you, 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 you have to sometimes do things you don't want to do. And, and but I think, that, again, I think that's just you thinking you have to do it. I think lots of times you don't have to do the things you don't want to do. Um, I think where you have to start with is what you really want and and more importantly, why you want it. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if you truly understand why something is important to you or why you want it, you're going to do the hardest things. Right. And even if there's a sometimes, even though, you know, the why you'll still get stuck a little and then you just think, OK, well, if I don't do it, what's the, what's the consequence of me not doing it? Right. Right. So that's how I get through the stuff that I don't want to do if I have to do it. Right. Uh, but lots of times I look at a lot of stuff and I'm looking through it. And and if I don't want to do it, lots of times I really don't have to do it. I just for whatever reason, your mind tricks you to think that you have to do it when you really don't. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Now, when you don't have to do something, are you delegating or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably someone else's job, you know, whether lots of times it's, it's more than likely something within you. Right. You know, you, you're, you're, there's an insecurity there. There's something, something there that you're afraid of, uh, about giving it up or giving it to someone else or not doing it. Uh, but you just have to look at why you're doing what you're doing and what's the most important task you should be doing and just do that right yeah and i think what you said you know knowing your why right because like for me when i started my my firm uh and and also knowing like why it's so important to you yeah because when i started my firm like i started off as a solo tax practitioner i was literally doing everything from Mm -hmm. you know answering phone calls to even you know being the janitor in my office when i was in a small 300 square foot office so like i pretty much wore every hat And so my goal, like my why was, okay, I got the, how can I have this business run without Joel? Like, how can I have it run where they see the firm? They don't see me. And, um, you know, even till this day, a lot of people still, you know, 
I, I feel like I've probably accomplished that 90% of the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or 90% of the goal there. And then the other 10%, like, you know, I still have some delegation to do, but yeah. that's what drives me. And it's yeah. like, you know, trying to figure out where, like, how can I get this business to run hundred percent without, without me? And that's, that was my why. And then obviously I have a family that I have to support mm-hmm. and that I have to maintain and, you know, making time for them as well. You know, that's one of the reasons I wanted to delegate was because, if I'm stuck here in the office working 24 seven in order to pay the bills, like when am I going to have time to spend time with the family? Yeah. So what, what was your why, you know, that you wanted to grow? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, 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 you know, if you're asking, if you're asking me that version of Jesse, you know, what was his, why it was probably superficial, right? Mm. You know, it was, it was probably a cars, house, money. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it, probably not important stuff. I would say, but either way, it, it, whatever that why is, it, it's it's uniquely yours. Right. So it, it doesn't matter how superficial, I guess it is, as long as it's important to you at the time, then then that's all that matters. But it is, I would say what drove me then doesn't drive me now. Uh, I would say I don't work as the way I used to work. Mm. Um, and that's ne- neither good or a bad statement. It's just It just is. Yeah. It's interesting how like our um, drivers change, right? Yeah. Like for, for me, you know, obviously when I was first starting out or the reason I even wanted to become a CPA was because, you know, they were making what I knew was like, oh, they're all making the good lifestyle for themselves and they don't have to worry about recessions. And, you know, they're into, they're just working behind a computer. Seemed like the personality fit was perfect for me. And that's not my driver at all anymore. Like I have completely different motivations now. Yeah. Like I'm trying to actually make an impact now in the Hispanic community and change lives. And, you know, this podcast is a way of doing that as well. And so yeah. my driver has changed. Uh, but that was not obviously my driver when I was starting my career. Yeah. And you mentioned it too earlier. You know, you said you said family, you said time, you know, before that you said money. Uh, you, you have these conversations with several different people and uh, from different walks, from different cultures. Uh, and we're all trying to get to the same place. You know, we're just trying to figure it out. So, you know, you, you hear certain things and uh, you, like you mentioned, you, you started cleaning toilets and being a janitor and doing everything yourself until you started progressing. I, I would bet that you still have to progress, right? There's still, you're still in that phase of progressing. But that first phase you went to, you had to go through it so that you understand how to delegate to someone else or you understand how it feels to be in those shoes for that other person. And then your why just changes. You know, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're going through that. Sometimes you feel uh, when you're going through so- certain things like that, you feel like it's just you, right? You feel like you're just alone. But in reality, I think we're all kind of dealing with a lot of the similar things. So that's cool. Yeah, 100%. So, um, you know, obviously in the beginning, you know, it was the cars, you know, the money, the position, the title that came from those bigger positions. So what's your driver at the moment now that, you know, you've kind of gone through that phase? Yeah. So, so, you know, at then, yeah, I would say that. So, you know, when I was growing up, we, we didn't, we didn't have money. Right. Um, and you would see these other people driving great cars and you would think, well, they have money. So that's, that's, that's important. And as your parents, you know, they're, 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 you know, they migrated to the U S for better, life and uh they're working hard they're showing you how to work and they're working for money right right because these this money can buy you a house it can buy you uh out of that neighborhood it can buy you into a better neighborhood it can buy you a better better school a better car to take you to work you know there's there's 
there's that fundamental need for what you need. Right. So I think that's what triggered that for me growing mm-hmm. up. So, you know, I grew up, uh, went to college, started working, uh, you know, bought a really nice car that I probably need. Uh, met my wife who then, who my, who is my wife now. And uh, we bought a house probably too big than what we, you know, it was a four bedroom home, two stories, and we had no kids. Mm. And we're thinking, well, we're going to fill it. You know, we're going to fill it, fill it with all these kids. And then, yeah. and then uh, we buy her an SUV fully loaded because we're going to have kids. So you right. know, we better be ready for the kids. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not even sure how long we were in that house, maybe six, six years. And on year six, we had our first kid. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it, it it was just things like that, you know? So when I was working at the bank, the, the way that I think I kind of, I know the way that I think a lot of people get good at what they do is just uh, repetition volume. Right. So I, I worked a lot. So similar to how I did it in college where I would work during the day and then you know, eat, eat something after work and then go to school at night and, uh, do that full time and then get out of school and then go to the library to study and then get out of the library and then go to the gym. It was similar process for me at work. So then I'd go to work, I'd break, you know, when I was already doing this on my own. So you usually start uh, in commercial lending, you'll start as a credit analyst then you move into uh, some sort of workflow manager, like a portfolio manager. Uh, then you work into like a junior commercial loan officer, then on your own and you have to build your own portfolio and or get your portfolio seated by a senior guy will break off some of his portfolio so you can start your portfolio right but when you're on your own you're on your own so technically when i went on my own what i would do is i'd break it up into shifts similar to i'd do in college so during the day i would i would uh answer my phone calls delegate a lot of the customer service issues uh move my move my deals forward uh and then i would have my appointments in the afternoon so you know noon, noon comes and then i'd have maybe one or two appointments in the afternoon and after that, I'd take another break. Uh, my wife would come with some dinner. We'd hang out in the office. There was a TV just like the one behind you, and we'd watch a little bit of TV, and then she'd take off back home. We didn't have no kids, so she'd hang out with her friends. And then the second half of that, which would be another four hours, probably between, you know, I don't know, six six thirty to like ten ten thirty, uh, I would underwrite loans. Mm. So any loans that needed to be in, underwritten, I would underwrite it. And that's really the only way I can find the timing of continue to grow the portfolio and then also getting the deals that I needed to get done. Right. So it, it was just that. And then now, you know, now it's different. So there, there was the, you, I think if you look back, there's a lot of, there's a lot of clues that are making you the way you are. Right. So whether it's, whether it's sports and, and practicing every day so that, so that you'll have the opportunity to hit the ball on that one situation, right? So it's like going to work and, and making all those phone calls or learning how to do this just so that you have that one opportunity to when you talk to that client. Right. Um, same thing with school. You know, they, they you're going into school and they're they're teaching you this stuff on a daily basis, sending you your homework so that then at the end you'll take that test and everything depends on that one test. But it, the practice that came before it, right, the, the process that came before it, the grind that came before it, it's really, uh, really leads up to that one moment. But I, I, I wouldn't say that that's, led my why so during this whole situation you're 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 seeing what's what's happening right you're seeing your parents work you're seeing you're seeing the the steps you're going through but i think there's also catalysts that happen in your life i think there's certain situations that that'll click certain things so 
for me, you know, I've had both my parents pass now and, mm. uh, you know, I still get a little choked up about it, but my mother who, who was very, very important to me, she, she passed at a, uh, I would say young age, uh, for someone like that. And she was always working. Cause one day she would think, you know, I'm going to have time with my grandkids mm. and we didn't have any kids at the time. My siblings didn't have any kids. I don't have any kids. And uh, she was always working hard, right? They didn't go to my games. But you see that. Right. You're okay with that because you know that they're working for a better life of you. And you know that one day you're going to spend time with them. So right. you go through that, and then you pick up those same habits. Right. And uh, sh- sure enough, when she passed, at that time, you can feel, uh, you can feel death closer. Mm. Right. So... Now for me, it's not the money. It's not the things. It's it's really the time. Mm. Yeah. So when that happened, um, you know, I I sold everything. I sold uh, I sold my house. And I sold my wife's car. I sold my car. Um, you know, we mo- moved in with the in laws, and then uh, and I'm sure my wife was probably thinking, man, he's, this guy's losing it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Know, these guys. Something's going on. We had a first kid too. You know, during that whole transition. Oh wow. I was able to. It, we were able to at least. Uh, uh, have our first first boy before she passed, you know, uh, so she was able to enjoy my son for about six months before she passed. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it, everything during that time really focused, you know, it was, it was no longer like, you know, the time that I was at work for, for all the money that I was making, it, it wasn't worth buying that stuff. That stuff wasn't a value. Mm. Like, I was putting all this time, but yet, and thinking that this stuff was, was, was important to me when at the end it wasn't right. So when that happened, that that's when the shift happened, I would say, at least for me, uh, I can feel time to be more important. So whether it's, whether it's time for me, time for my wife, time for my kids, uh, time to, to be at his games, time to vacation time, or just time to choose, choose whatever I want to do. Right. Yeah. So at that time I, I, I got rid of everything and then, uh, bought up, Bought a fourplex, started buying some rentals, um, and uh, and that's really my why. Mm. You know, you you, you ask me, what, you know, what's what's driving you? Well, that's that's my why. It's me having control, basically, me of my life, and then choosing to do what I want to do. Right. Yeah. It's it, it's pretty interesting that you're trying to basically buy time, you know, by investing in apartment complexes, right, and trying to kind of have some passive income. It's similar to my story, except that for me was, you know, how can this business run without Joel? Because what I really wanted was time to spend time with my my daughter who was born when I was starting my practice. I was like working a lot. And I'm like, man, I'm not, she's already about to be, like now she's just turning five. She just turned five a little while ago. She had her preschool graduation. Yeah. And I'm able to take time off work. But when she was barely born, I remember I was two days at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as like we left the hospital and we got back, I told my wife, like, cause it was tax season. I was like, I got to go back to work. Cause there was literally nobody else working in the office besides myself and my receptionist. And yeah. she didn't have any tax experience. And there was all these tax returns. I had two, 300 emails over that two, you know, two day period of like, Hey, what's the status of my tax return? And so I literally had to go back to work and I did not get to enjoy my daughter's probably th- first three years of life. Yeah. Cause I was just working 24 seven so I was like, I have to figure out a way to buy myself more time. And, you know, until the, now I feel that I, I'm able to do that now. But, man, the sacrifice yeah. that it took to get there. And, and even till now, you know, it's, it's you know, 
one of the most important things in my life is being able to cherish those moments. Cause before you know it, you know, life is not guaranteed. Oh man. You're, t- you know, you're, you're, you're telling me you're, I mean, again, a lot of similarities, right? Same thing with me. My, my boy, he's just, uh, he's five turning six as well. Mm. And when he was born, same thing. Yeah. Same thing. I, I want to work, you know, that let's say he was born on a Thursday. I was back at work on Monday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's ridiculous to think that we're doing that. Right. Right. Like the whole goal is for us to be with our family and experience these times. And yet in the moment we can't see it in right. the moment. We're like, okay, for us to be able to do that, I have to give up this experience today. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. But when you're in it, you're in it, you know, yeah. that that's what's moves you. Now I think I was using that at, as I enjoyed it. Right. I think I enjoyed it and I was using that as, as kind of my way to say, well, I got to go back to work. Right. But right. Yeah. It, it, it triggered for me that that's, that's what happened uh, for me. And in fact, you know, I didn't take any, usually they give you paternity leave, which is great. You know, I, I think every father should take in and spend time with their, their kid. And now I was a hor- horrible father probably during that time for not taking it. But the blessing of it was when, when they gave the last, you know, when they say, okay, you have, um, you know, when my mother was passing, they said, yeah, well, you have X amount of time to live. Mm. I took it then. I took my vacation, took my sick. Uh, I didn't even show up. You know, I'm grateful that my bank even took me back at the time. I think I was out of work uh, purposely, just not, you know, my, my, just, my mind wasn't in it. And I was like, I was done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was probably out for like four months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Probably pushing four months, three to four months. Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. 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 That's crazy. And how many, how many kids do you have now? Two. Two kids? Two. Yep. Five-year-old and I have a one-and-a-half-year-old turning two baby girl. So oldest is a son and then my daughter, one-and-a-half. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's it's so interesting that, like, like for example, one of my mom's regrets, because, you know, like, again, we, we kind of started to follow our parents' footsteps in mm-hmm. a way. And so, like, my parents, they worked really, really hard. And until this day, like, my mom still works really, really hard. But she enjoys, you know, her coworkers and stuff. But she tells me, um, like, oh, one of my biggest regrets is not spending a lot of time with you when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, you know, I still have my parents, thankfully, blessfully. Uh, I mean, I'm just blessed in that way, but I'm like, hey, you were such a great example. Yeah. You know, the reason that I am have the success that I have now is because of your work ethic that you you led by example. And I honestly don't think I would be who I am if it wasn't for me seeing, like, you know, the sacrifice that you're putting for our families yeah. for my family. And it's like, you know, I was able to, you know, my mom always made an effort to take us on a vacation once a year. Mm-hmm. And those were probably the happiest times. Like I remember, you know, being a kid, five, six years old. And I remember my parents, Hey, choose whatever, you know, Mickey mouse you want. Yeah. That was like a highlight of my whole year. And, and, and it's like, I knew that my parents had to sacrifice, you know, work and put a lot of, you know, t- you know, time and energy in order to make this happen. Yeah. And so I, I was like, hey, you were an example, even though you probably didn't realize it, like you actually did a lot for me. Yeah. And so it was kind of eye opening for my mom, you know, thinking that she actually did more than she actually. Oh, yeah. Than she yeah. thought. Yeah. You, you, you know, I'm sure that children as a child, you don't know or a parent wouldn't know what's what's affecting the way a kid sees the world. Right. I mean, I, we could have been the victims in our story uh, through all that. Right. Uh, but we weren't we seen that as a blessing. We seen it as a, as a, uh, a benefit. You know, we're lucky to have parents like that. And I think so. I think absolutely 100%. Uh, 
and I'd even argue, and, and, and you know, oh, you don't want to argue with a Mexican mother, but <laughs> <laughs> I would tell your mom, you know, it's not even a regret. You're still here. You, there's still an opportunity for you to spend all the time you want with your son, right? Right. Uh, uh, so you might see, uh, you know, maybe at a bare minimum a mistake if you look back at it, but I mean, she still has the opportunity to do it. So yeah, yeah, and I, I and I see that now with like my with my kids, like she's. Like, I feel like she's making up for lost time with mm. my kids. Like, mm-hmm. with her, her grandkids, like, are, you know, everything to her. Yeah. Like, she'll take them out and have them just, just spend the whole day with them. You know, she lives out of town. She's actually from Wattsville, where I'm originally from, oh. where it's 95% Hispanic. Yeah, I have, uh, had, uh, growing up, we had a uh, really close uh, uncle and aunt out of Watsonville. Yep. Oh, okay. So, you're familiar with the small town then? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I recall visiting. I just don't remember what it looked like. But, yeah, small town uh predominantly hispanic as well yep yeah. yeah so it's pretty much you know i would say similar to maybe lamont just maybe a little bit bigger and there's you know there's not really you know there's other cities surrounding it that are probably more diverse mm-hmm. um maybe just the weather is better yeah, yeah. <laughs> not as hot i'm sure yeah but you know it's it's interesting that you know we kind of have these like you said these catalyst moments that change our lives and put things into perspective for us right um, and I think that, you know, that, that happens during our lifetimes a lot and it just kind of, you know, just changes our perspective on certain things. Yeah. And, you know, going back to your question, um, you know, uh, that whole why and, and, and how, you know, how, how are you doing it now? And so, so before it, it kind of just felt like the next step, right? It just kind of, there's no real thought to it. It just, it's just, okay, let's work next, work next, work next. Uh, and then when that all happened, th- that really shifted the why, right? So as soon as I had the why, then it was like, okay, what's the plan? Mm. And then as soon as I had the plan, I can technically just put the plan away. I don't have to think about it anymore. But what what that did is it removed anxiety. It removed, it removed all this kind of um, noise, I guess you would say. Right. And it was just like, okay, how, how am I doing this? How am I going to buy my time back? And that's it. Mm. You just constantly do it. So, so I, I still love commercial lending. It's not like I don't love commercial lending. Uh, but now commercial lending is, is, uh, providing for my life, right? Before commercial lending was my life. Mm. Now it's my lifestyle. Now it's, how do I want to live? How, how do I want to show up uh, uh, as a father? Uh, you know, uh, how do I want to show up as a husband and how is commercial lending helping me do that? Mm. And how are my rentals helping me do that? And how is my saving habits and my investment habits, uh, my buying habits? How is all that helping me be the man I want to be at home? Not necessarily the man I want to be at work, you know? Yep. Yeah, I think, like you said, I just put things into perspective where now you created a plan, right? And then once you knew what the plan was, now again, Back to kind of like the thing. What are the steps? Yeah, right. And it to kind get of, there. Yeah, and it frees you up too, right? Because I think, I think a lot of it is you, you you don't know, so you just you just kind of just flow with it, you know. And uh, when you don't know, sometimes you don't act. You don't make a choice. You don't make a decision. Um, and even making, you know, if you don't make a decision, you're still making a decision. It, it's it's delaying something, right? right? So, with the plan, even though it can be it can be the the worst plan in the world. Uh, uh, but it removes that anxiety from making a decision. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, so then you make a decision, and even if it's a wrong decision, okay, well, now I know not to make that decision. So you backtrack a little bit, and you make another decision, you know? Right. Yeah, so. Yeah, 100%. It's almost like you know, you know, it's easier to make a decision, like you said, because now you know where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And now it's when you have that clarity, that, you know, that vision of wh- what your path is, it's like this is not aligned with my destination. Correct. So then you could just knock it out. Yep. And now, you know, going back full circle, in, in regards to uh, how, how do you do, how do you spend the time in doing what you like and what you don't like? Um, when you when you do that, now you have the time to spend on the stuff you do like. You know, now you can, now you can say, oh, okay, well, you know, I freed up this part and I'm no longer doing this. I've made this decision. Well, now I can pick and choose where I like to spend my time. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So what are your duties now that you've kind of like been able to, you know, you know where you're going. Yeah. So what are your duties now, you know, in the banking industry? So uh, in the banking industry, I'm still relationship manager, vice president, relationship manager. I still have a portfolio. I still have to grow it. Uh, have uh, some, some great clients I work with and it's still the same thing. It's still the same goal. The difference is the conversations are just different. Mm-hmm. You know, before it was, uh, like I said, the way I got better at it was volume. So a lot of it was, you know, just next, next client. Okay. What are we doing? You're trying to get this. You don't qualify next client. Oh, you're trying to do this. Okay. Yeah. You do qualify next client, next client. Uh, now it's, it's more like, it's like this conversation. Why mm. are you even doing it? Do you even know why you're doing it? What, what kind of return do you actually want? You know, when you're in business, a lot of times you're not even thinking that you're just thinking, I need to buy more of this because uh, I need to increase my revenue. But do you actually know, whether that thing is providing you a good margin, do you actually even know what kind of return you're getting on that? If you do buy it, what if you buy something else? Would that give you a better return? Those are conversations we're having now. Gotcha. Like, and, and what's allowed me to do that is now I'm attracting or at least looking for those clients that have those conversations. So it's, they're a little different than different clients. Now there's also not, I would say, I would say there's more clients just, pushing transactions and less clients actually sitting there and thinking strategically, what are we doing? So there's just less clients that I'm dealing with just probably larger, a little larger. Right. So it's easier. You're able to spend more time with each client, a better experience, better conversations. Uh, and it kind of, it kind of fits to my mind, which is, you know, kind of like a, like a, how, how do we structure this? How do we figure this out? How do we solve this problem? Not necessarily, how can I lend you money? It's how can I be your capital partner? How can I, how can you pick my brain to, to determine whether that's the right decision or not? Right. Yeah. I think that's pretty powerful. It kind of goes, you know, it's pretty aligned with my story as well, because, you know, I quit my six figure job as a CPA to start my practice. So I went from six figures to zero figures. So I was like any client, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to take any client and I was just trying to chase, you know, the next sale, which w- ended up being a huge mistake. Right. Like now we have a, a particular persona that we're looking for. Yeah. We have a particular, you know, size of revenue that the, you know, the business client needs to have, mm-hmm. you know, there needs to be a certain level of communication that we expect, you know, now we know exactly who we want to deal with. Yeah. And so once you know, it just, it, again, it's just having clarity. Yep. And it's not even like, you know, it's, it's not like you're, trying to uh, position yourself as as if you're 
something different, right? Uh, I don't know how to explain it. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure if I'm explaining it correctly, but it's it, you know it's not like you're saying I cannot work with anybody, right? That's that's complete opposite. Because I'll work with anybody. You know, if if anyone sends me a referral, I'm going to work with them. The thing is, for you to get the best value out of me, here's where I feel that I'm uniquely different and I can help you the most. And that person that that can use me and, and you know, use me in the best way possible looks like this. So, and you have to be comfortable with that, right? I, at first, I wasn't comfortable with that. I wanted to help, you know, I wanted to help stores from Lamont that, that, that were wanting to make money to feed their family and grow, you know, that, to me, that was, that was me going into banking and it's still to a certain extent is right. I still, I still love to see a small company get to a big company. The problem is that my mind or, or the way now that I like to do it, it's better fit for a different client. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That makes sense. Yeah. Cause you know, you just have a certain skill set. Like you said that you can provide value at a much, you know, different level, you know, if you had a particular, you know, persona, like I think you mentioned here um, that you deal with customers with annual revenue of 5 million to 55 million in revenue. So obviously it's going to be a sophisticated, you know, business owner, more than likely entrepreneur, investor who probably has already obtained loans in the past. It's not their first rodeo. Yeah. And you see, yeah. And you probably see this as well too. In commercial lending, there's uh, there's just tons of regulation, right? And it's only going to get more regulation. There's never going to get less regulation. So same as taxes, isn't it? Right. You know, uh, different different administrations always come in and try to say, "Oh, we're going to clean up the tax regulation," <laughs> but it always gets more tax regulation. Right. right? <laughs> uh, so it's just it's just becoming more difficult. So we'll get clients and absolutely love them, right? Uh, great, hardworking. Uh, uh, individuals started from the bottom, you know, worked, worked their way up, didn't borrow, found a way to, they found a way to manage their receivables and collect their money at a good pace so that they can continue to reinvest and grow and grow and grow. So they did it the hard way, the long, the, the 10, 15 year road, wow. no leverage. I want to help you, but your financials are bad. Mm. And why are they bad? It's just, it's because they never had anyone to help them, right? So we'll, I still, I, I, those, I'll still take on those clients. I'm never going to let, I probably, I mean, I'm not going to lend to them then. I probably won't lend to them until five years, but I'll take those clients and move them into a position to where I can lend, right? Mm. Uh, it, some, the clients, I guess, that are difficult are the ones that come in and they say, hey, this is, this is an idea. Here's what I want to do. And, and, you know, can I have some money? Um, that's not a that's not a business now you're asking me to be an investor right right uh, how much money do you got in it oh, i don't got anything that's why i'm coming here to ask for your money well yeah there's a different mindsets of clients so what you realize is that certain size clients are already past that and they're they're needing direction and a different avenue and uh your experiences through work or life and i would i would argue that it's mostly life you know you're what you've gone through what you're what you've experienced is really what's going to help certain clients in certain sizes. Yeah. Gotcha. So, I mean, yeah, cause I, I would imagine if someone has a, you know, a business of the size five to 55 million in revenue, they probably, you know, already have financials. Yeah. You know, they probably have a CPA that they're working with. It's not, 
going to be, you know, compared to someone that is between zero and 5 million where, and hopefully they have financials, yeah. you know, you know, the, if, if they're even working with a CPA, mm-hmm. you know, most of the times they're not. Yeah. And so this is like completely foreign to them, but five to 55, you know, they, they kind of, you know, they've probably already gone through that road. Mm-hmm. So what, what are those conversations like? Like what are the skill sets that you're providing to these business owners that are up, you know, at this level? Oh, I, I would just say, I would just say kind of talking, talking about stuff that they're probably not thinking about, or maybe they've, maybe it's in the back of their head, but they just haven't articulated it. You know, like, um, you know, if I was to give you an example, uh, a recent example, uh, I'm talking to a client who has several locations, a multi-unit operator, right? And uh, he's a professional guy. So if you think of professional guys, like a, like a doctor, dentist, lawyer, CPA falls under that, right? So it's a professional business, multi-unit, and uh, he wants to continue to grow. His goal is, hey, I want to double the size and then eventually sell to a bigger fund or something. Right. Um, how do we get there? Oh, well, let's talk about it. You know, what kind of return are you getting in your current location? Oh, I haven't thought of that. Mm. You know, I'm probably getting X return. But does he have his numbers exactly yet? So the, that question might trigger him to figure out his numbers, right? Mm. What kind of return are you looking for? You know, what, like, how do you, what's your criteria? Uh, how do you know it's a good location? How do you know it's a good time to buy? How do you know this? How do you know that? And then we start talking through it. And then we'll talk, you know, we've, I've been talking to him almost every other week for like the last two months, just about different topics. Mm. So we'll talk about the economy. You know, what are you thinking? What do you think is happening? You know, here's where I'm at. Here's what we're talking about. So at the end of the day, we came up with the plan where it was, okay. And, and this is his thinking. This is me just asking the questions and I'm asking the questions based on what my other clients are doing or saying uh, in different industries, et cetera. Right. So you're kind of sharing experiences to help others who maybe are not thinking of that experience or hasn't gone through it or, or just, yeah, it's just not a top of mind. Right. So we come up with this with, he comes up with a plan uh, because they're, it's their plan. It's not my plan. Right. You right. Know, it's not me dictating their business is their, their plan. I'm just helping them formulate something. So the thinking was, okay, uh, we think that it's going to get harder for me to find talent uh, uh, staffing. Mm. Uh, we think that my, uh, on my, uh, expense side, we think it's going to go up Mm. in the next few years. Um, we think that revenue might get squeezed a little bit. Um, we also think that the multiple of businesses that we're looking at is, is still a good multiple, uh, and I'm still getting a good return that I'm looking for, but I think it's a little high right now. Okay. Uh, what kind of return, what else can we put your money in? Well, I'm looking at this property. What kind of return? Well, we're getting a three point something percent return on my money if I buy this apartment, right? So then we sit down and we're like, well, you have this money, you want to grow, but you see some, some tailwinds, you know, you see some, some hurdles down the road. Uh, so let's put some, something in real estate. But then when you, when we're talking about that, your return is, significantly less than what you can do if you get a new location and it's significantly less than you want to take on for taking on the risk of managing or tenants or turnover or whatever. Do you have debt? Yeah. What's your interest rate on it? You know, 4%, four and a quarter. Let's pay that off. Well, what if I need the cash? If something comes up, you know, let's 
I don't know, if you want, we could put a commercial line of credit, uh, an equity line on it. And now you have a better return paying off your debt. You're lowering your fixed costs. So even if your expenses, your variable expenses go up, you're still, you're, you're, you're still improving your position today for a future issue. Um, and you still have access to capital if you need it, if times turn. So the conversation comes to me with grow, grow, grow. Nope. Real estate, real estate, buy, buy, buy. Nope. To actually paying debt down. Wow. Right. So th- those are the conversations we're having with, with different clients. And we're talking through different scenarios. And um, I love that. You know, that, that, that plays right up my alley. Um, and we'll plan out two or three years. You know, I have another client, too, that he's actually buying. So it's not like it's a one. If it's one, you know, this glove fits everybody. Right. right. So it's uniquely theirs in that situation they're doing. Now, this client, great guy. No leverage, very low leverage, um, buying locations. Again, this time it's real estate, but it's for his company. Uh, the return is good, but it's more of a long-term play, mm. right? What he sees regulatory-wise in certain areas of town and uh, whether he can get it later or not. Uh, so we're moving on it, right? So there's different situations on it. It's not just, it's just not money or return. It can be future play it can be economic it can be regulatory yeah we're, we're, those are the conversations we're having got it yeah. and those are fun for me yeah right? that's where i think i'm adding value um as opposed to just getting a client and saying hey your ratios are off you know your debt service coverage isn't covering your, you don't have enough cash um i don't know you got bad credit right yeah, yeah that's, that's that i think anybody can do that right you know. yeah there's a lot more uh it's very, very strategy based, mm-hmm. right? A very strategy based approach where, you know, what are your goals? You know, that kind of when we start our new relationship, it's like, well, what are you trying to, you know, what do you want out of a CPA? Yeah. You know, what, what is it that you're trying to accomplish in your business? You know, are you trying to pay less taxes? Or are you trying to improve your accounting operations? Are you trying to increase your cash flow? Are you trying to, you know, pay off debt? Yeah. You know, it, everyone has different goals. And so once we know the goal, it's like, all right, well, let's find the roadmap yeah. to get there. And I would say not everybody does that. So it's good that you're doing that. And you're setting expectations up front too, right? Right. I mean, you know, I'm sure you guys, just like bankers, you know, something wrong happens. One year, your guy pays taxes. What? What the hell are you doing? You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Same thing here. You know, like, oh, you can't give me this loan. But it's. It's because we just didn't sit down. We didn't. We didn't set the expectations. We didn't put a plan in place. You know. Right. Yeah. Good. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that you know a lot of um, businesses fail to do that. You know, and that usually when there's a unhappy client is because those expectations were not set from the beginning. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. Yeah. So now that you're having these relationships, you know, with clients, like where do you see yourself? You know, three to five years. Oh, it's a good question, man. You know, um, I see myself. Uh, at home playing golf, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I do see myself spending more time with my family, right? I still, sp- I, I mean, I, I, I spend a lot of time with my family. I think I do more now mm. uh, for sure. I'm uh, absolutely certain that the, if you would compare me today to the Jesse before I'm spending more time, with my kids, more time, with my family, you know, I haven't missed a baseball game. I mean, we I think we missed one because my wife and I went on vacation. Mm. Uh, so it, that's important to me. That's going to continue to be important to me. Uh, the Jesse in the future is going to be 
Yeah, well, I'm st- I'll probably still be lending to some capacity. Right. Um, what's good about these conversations that I have with clients is they're now looking at me as a partner. I mean, even to the point where they're asking me to do something with them. Mm. But the, you know, there's a conflict of interest there. Right. And and doing that with any of your clients. So maybe I no longer lend the capacity of of a institution and maybe I lend under my own capacity mm. uh, or maybe I uh, grow a team and lend more now that I have the time to do it. You know? Right. It, it just depends. I don't know where life is taking me. I'm, I really don't. Um, I just know that I like dealing in strategy type stuff. Um, I like putting structures and deals together. Um, that's kind of why I also enjoy the real, you know, my personal portfolio because it's another problem to solve and you're, you're putting deals together and uh, you're convincing people to do things that, that uh, are benefit to everybody, you know? Um, so I think I'll, for me, at least I, I think I will continue to uh, build my side of it, my personal side of it, whether that's passively lending or passively buying real estate. Um, and then on my career side, uh, either, yeah, either continue to lend under a great bank and the bank that I'm working for is a great bank, you know, so they, I I can't say anything bad about them. Um, or maybe I, maybe I do something different under my own umbrella, I guess. Right. Now for someone that values family, right. And values time. Um, do you see yourself like, cause you're also having this very deep strategy conversations with clients and it seems like you also get a, you know, you enjoy that, you know, that process that you're having. So do you see yourself at all, like retiring from this industry that you've been in so far? Like for me, for example, you know, I love spending time with my girls. You know, I have two daughters with my wife, but if you, if you ask me, cause I could probably retire now if I wanted to, you know, I have enough investments, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I still have that, you know, in, you know, that I have a big impact, a big why as to why I'm coming yeah. to work which is not related really to my family. Now it is going to, you know, benefit them indirectly from, you know, the investments that I'm making and whatnot and the legacy that I'm going to leave behind. So, you know, do you see yourself kind of like, Hey, you know, now I'm going to, now that I have enough rental income or enough passive income, I'm not going to work. I'm just going to spend 20, you know, my 24 seven with my family. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, it's a good question. I've been thinking about that, right. uh, A lot uh, lately. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I'm not wired like that. I think more than likely what's going to happen is I'm going to have even more freedom to do even more of what I want. Right. So he, either that turns into a team for me that does everything I don't want to do. Right. And then now I'm just doing what I want. Uh, or it turns into something else. Uh, but I think I'm, you know, cause if you think of, if you think of lending, it, it, it almost translates to anything really you're 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 finding a way to bridge a gap from where you are today to where you want to be tomorrow right and right. you're you're providing capital uh, and you're talking about how you're deploying capital currently so it's not necessarily trans for me at least I'm not transacting certain things we're really talking about how how you're using money uh how you're investing money, how you're getting return in your money, how to leverage money so you can continue to get to where you want to go. So I, 
I don't think I'm going to stop having those conversations, whatever capacity I decided to go forward. I think, I think that's just going to continue to be normal. Right. right. Yeah. Just more of it. Right. And now I, you know, now I, uh, I talk about it, uh, while I'm at work, but I think that if I get to the point to where, you know, I say, yeah, well, I, I do I stop or do I do more? I think now I'm going to be just doing it all the time. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But I have the choice to do it. I have right. the choice to pick exactly what I want to do, however long I want to do it. And at the same time, I think my family will benefit from it too, because now it's not necessarily me having to go do this, right? Now it's, I want to do it. So I'll be happier at home. Um, and if I don't want to do it that day, then I don't do it that day, you know, and the kids, then the kids will benefit from me staying home. Uh, I don't know how long, I mean, you know, if you, if I'm at home, I think my wife would say, well, get out, <laughs> go back to work. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's pretty important. Like, like you, what you said is that the more you grow, right. The more ability you have to just focus on what you want to do and yeah. less of what you don't. And I think that's what I've been able to do as well. It's like, you know, now, I, you know, the more growth I have, it's like, what part of what I'm doing do I want to delegate? Yeah. And it's usually what's the let, you know, the, like one of the first things that I delegated, for example, that was sales, you know, mm-hmm. um, I did it cause I had to, I had to put food on the table, but that was a part I didn't really enjoy. You're still doing it. You know, yeah. you think you're not, <laughs> if you're still doing it. And, uh, this podcast is a testament that you're doing it well. Right. I mean, if you're having these conversations with people, uh, uh and your clients and your team, this is a form of sales, right? Uh, yeah, th- this, uh, building a relationship, having people uh, talk about things they, they haven't talked about, share stuff they haven't shared with anybody. Uh, you are building a bridge between, you know, between you and them. So what it, people hear sales and they think it's uh, it's easy. You're trying to get something out of me. Right. But right. It, it really isn't. It's just a relationship. And, it, and, and if, through the process of building that relationship, we do business together. So be it. I'd rather do business with a friend. Right. right than someone that I don't like. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of where I'm at right now is this building relationships almost means more to me than, you know, getting a dollar from them. Yeah. And you'll get a dollar from them. Yeah. Yeah. If what? we play golf, uh, you'll get a lot of money from me cause I suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go. Awesome. Well, Jesse, if anybody wants to find you, obviously we, we have your LinkedIn here, which is Jesse Valencia. Um, also, they can probably reach out to you directly from on there. I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm 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 uh, I'm uh, I'm an old soul and uh, and a young body man. I have no social media. I don't, you know, this LinkedIn is the only thing I have. So if, if they're trying to connect with me on social media, LinkedIn is the only thing they can do. Um, I'm at the bank. They can look me up. Uh, maybe I'll provide you some information you put in the show notes or something to get a hold of me if they need any assistance. And I'm willing to help anybody. You know, I, I everyone sends me referrals. Now, again, help doesn't mean me lending them money. You know, help might be just directing them or sit right. down with them or telling them, hey, here, here's what I think you should probably do. Um, I'm more than ha- I'm more than happy to do that. Yeah, hundred percent. Awesome, Jesse. Well, thanks for being part of the show. If they want to reach out to you, obviously, um, they can reach you on LinkedIn. Otherwise, they can reach out to me directly and uh, we'll direct them your way. I appreciate it. I really do. Thanks again for the time. Thanks again for allowing me to share something about myself. And Brian, thanks for being a great DJ, man.